Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bazaar, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Do you have a hunger for cinematic horror? Do you enjoy the thrill from seeing boogeymen, beasts, and butchers go about their dark work? Then all you need to do is speak of the devil, and the devil will come to you. Speak of the Devil is a podcast for all movies that have anything from demons and poltergeists to serial killers and the supernatural. I'm Kayla. And I'm Taylor. Join us as we embark on a journey through the dark recesses of horror films, from the classics to blockbusters and everything in between. New episodes come out every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. We're not scared of anything. Are you? Well, Declan, what story are you going to be telling us about today? Today I'm going to be talking about the Maelstrom Air Force Base incident. Oh, I don't know that story. It's a short story, but I feel like it's pretty important. So figure it oh, out. Okay, tell everyone cool. about it. Right, you. What are you yes. going to be telling us about? I like it. I like important things, so tell me important things. Um, I am going to be telling a story out of Idaho that is in honor of spooky season, and uh, that is about Casey Joe Stoddart and the Scream movies. But before I get into that and before I get into our drink, I wanted to read a recent uh, review that we had on Apple Podcasts. So this is from Lottie1120, and it says, amazing concept and storytelling, five stars. I absolutely love listening to this podcast. It's such a fun take on true crime storytelling, and the mom-son dynamic is perfect. So thank you for that awesome review, Lottie. We really appreciate it, and we love I love looking at Apple Podcasts and looking at our reviews. It's mm. so much fun. Only yeah, say nice things nice to me because I get sad. <laughs> I don't want to get sad. Okay, so the drink that I have today is the whiskey sour. And we've done similar drinks in the past, but this is just a plain old whiskey sour. This is not fancied up with any extra stuff like we've done in the past. So the the uh, recipe for this is two ounces of bourbon, three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, half an ounce of egg white, which is optional, and then garnish with Angostura bitters. The steps are to add the bourbon, lemon juice, simple syrup, and egg white if you're using that to a dry shaker. Dry shake for 30 seconds without the ice. That's to really get that foaminess of the egg white if you're using it. Then add ice and shake again for 15 to 20 seconds until well chilled. 
Strain into a rocks glass over fresh ice or into an ice-filled coupe glass. And then garnish with three to four drops of Angostura bitters. So, be ready to try this drink. Let's give it a try. Okay. I like it. It's good. Great drink. I never thought I would like whiskey sours, but I actually do like them. (laughs) I'm a fan. I mean, it's just like sweet and sour mix with whiskey and egg white in it. That's true. That's true. But I never thought I liked whiskey. For years and years and years, I was like, no, I don't drink brown alcohol and I only like vodka and I only like, you know, basic things. But from this podcast, I have learned that I actually do like other alcohols besides vodka. So whiskey is really good. I I don't know. It's hard to beat it, but let's get into our stories. Yes. So my story is about Casey Joe Stoddart and it is from Idaho. And I brought the whiskey sour because several sources that I was looking up said that that is a very popular drink in Idaho. So I went with a popular drink being the whiskey sour. And I chose this story because I was looking up true crime cases that were related to or inspired by, very sadly inspired by, but inspired by scary movies. Last Halloween season, we did four weeks, which was extremely long, of let's pick a movie that inspired or that was inspired by true crime. So I flipped it this time and I went story inspired by scary movie. So we'll get into that. That is the whole gist, the background behind why I chose this story. So Cassie was born December 21st, 1989. She grew up in Pocatello, Idaho, the middle child with an older sister and a younger brother. In the fall of 2006, Cassie was a junior in high school where she was a responsible straight A student. She had future plans to attend college. On September 22nd, 2006, Cassie was studying at her aunt and uncle's house. Sorry, she wasn't studying. She was staying at her aunt and uncle's house. She had been hired to house and pet sit for a couple um, for her aunt and uncle while they were out of town. Cassie invited her boyfriend, Matt, over that night to watch a movie. They were just going to hang out, watch a movie. He invited some of their uh, fellow classmates. That was Tori, Adam Chick, and Brian Draper. Uh, They were going to come over and enjoy the movie as well. Cassie gave everyone a tour of the house, including the basement. Then the group started their movie. Adam Chicken Draper decided to leave before finishing the movie, as they said they wanted to see a movie at the local theater instead, so they just checked out. Cassie and Matt didn't think anything about it, but they were like, okay. So 
They left the neighborhood briefly, but returned and parked down the street from the house. They changed clothes, dressing in dark clothing, putting on gloves and white painted masks. Adam Chick and Draper then made their way inside the house. The two boys intended to sneak back into the house to scare Cassie and Matt. When Cassie had given them a tour of the home, Draper had unlocked the basement door without Cassie or um, anyone else seeing. So, not, not cool. Sounds like a pretty funny they, prank to me. Well, if it was just that far. They took it okay. a little farther. Yeah, which is why this is my, this is a brutal story. Not a bizarre one. So um, the two jerks stayed in the basement for a short time, listening to Cassie and Matt upstairs. They decided to ramp things up a notch and they started making some loud noises, thinking that either Cassie or um, her boyfriend would come down. I don't know why I have, they were making noises. No one was coming down to check on them. Uh, the noises didn't work out. Um, nobody came down. So they thought, okay, well, let's ramp it up a little bit. And uh, they shut the circuit breaker off. So they killed the power and they killed all the lights, thinking, oh, that'll bring somebody down to the basement and then we'll get the jump on them and we'll, you know, whatever they were planning to do. So the couple still didn't make any trip down to the basement. So, um, the two in the basement turned some of the lights back on. One of the family dogs was growling at the basement door, but the couple didn't th think much about it. So they were just like, okay, whatever. Um, Cassie was a little worried about the lights getting shut off, but, um, you know, they didn't go downstairs to see what was going on. Um, she asked her boyfriend, Matt, to spend the night at the house with her. So Matt called his mom and asked if he could sleep over, but, uh, she said no and said Cassie could come spend the night at their house instead. Cassie was a reliable person and felt like it was her responsibility and her duty to stay at the house, to take care of the house and the animals that she had been hired by her aunt and uncle to take care of. So she declined Matt's mom's offer and she stayed at the house by herself. Matt left the house at about 1030, leaving Cassie alone with the two jerks downstairs that were hiding in the basement. Uh, he did try calling one of them. He tried calling Adam Chick around the time that he left the house or on his way home because he wanted to see if they could all meet up again. But Adam Chick answered the phone and he was whispering. So Matt figured that they were still in the mood, that the two guys were still in the movie theater. So he was like, okay, we can't hang out. After Matt um, was heard leaving, the two switched off the circuit breaker again. They were hoping that Cassie would come down um, and, you know, find the circuit breaker and they could, you know, grab her and, do whatever and you know scare her and stuff but she didn't uh when they figured that out they turned the lights back on um and decided to go find her they were both armed and they had knives yes so they had knives and guns or just knives just knives oh okay they 
Yeah, they found her in the living room and they stabbed her over 30 times because their goal was not to just prank her, but they intended to. Yes. Uh, They ruined a good prank. Wow. They did. Maybe that's the ultimate prank is to kill somebody. I don't. Can't prank I don't think you back. that was a is a good prank. <laughs> well, that's true. They couldn't. But it's certainly not game, a. But... It's not funny. Um, twelve of her thirty over thirty stab wounds were potentially fatal on their own. Several stab wounds were to her heart. After killing her, the pair left the house. So were they planning on killing both of them? And just because he left, like they didn't do it? Probably. Probably. Hmm. Um, Although we're going to hear more about them in a few minutes. um, I'm not sure if they had intended to kill him or not. Um, They definitely intended to kill her. Uh, After killing her, they left the house. And the next day, they met up with uh, Matt, Cassie's boyfriend. Um, He had been calling Cassie several times, but without any answer. Cassie's body was discovered two days later, uh, two days after her death by her family members. Detectives then tried to determine what happened. They interviewed her boyfriend, Matt, who mentioned that Adam Chicken Draper had also been at the house the night Cassie um, had been murdered. Police questioned the two. Um, they, they questioned Adam chick first. He claimed that he and Draper had been at the house for a party, not that they'd gone there to watch a movie, but they thought there was going to be a party there. This is their story. And when they realized that there wasn't a party, then they decided they were going to go to the movie theater. Upon further questioning, though, Adam Chick couldn't recall any details of the movie that he supposedly saw, and the alibi started falling apart. Three days later, Draper led law enforcement to a nearby canyon where the two had hidden their evidence. Numerous knives and daggers were found at the location, as well as the masks and gloves. But that wasn't all. There was also a video. They had made a video of themselves that they had made before Cassie's death in which they detailed their plans to kill her. While skipping class one day, the pair recorded themselves discussing killing different people that they knew. So they had a little hit list that they had planned out and she was at the top of it. They were doing a real-life true crime podcast. (laughs) Yes, they (laughs) were. In real time as well. Um, The recording also showed their reactions after they killed her, like directly after, in which Draper said, Mm. quote, just killed Cassie. We just left her house. This is not a fucking joke. I stabbed her in the throat and saw her lifeless body, end quote. Is there like videos of this out there on YouTube or something? I'm not sure if it's on YouTube, but I did listen to um, another podcast where they had the recording 
and they were playing the recording on the podcast and it was gross. I didn't, I don't know if there was just video, if there was video and audio or what, um, but they definitely had them discussing the murder directly after having committed it. So, Jeez. however, the killing pair tried to blame each other for the murder, claiming their own innocence. So they were like, yeah, I was there, but I didn't really stab her. It was somebody, it was the other guy that did it. And nobody believed that they were, the law enforcement was mm. like, yeah, whatever. Um, they both reported getting inspiration for the murders from multiple sources, including the Columbine high shooters and the horror movie scream. So that's my whole tie into the whole scream movie. So they said, yeah, we, we got, we, we got our inspiration from Columbine and Scream movie. How did how is any of that inspired by Columbine? I think I don't think they used knives at all in Columbine. No, but I think Columbine had a hit list, and so I think that that was part of it. I guess they did record I, the I videos guess. beforehand too. Maybe. Yeah, I'm maybe. Um, they said the inspiration for the Scream movie concept was um, because several members in the Scream movie, if you haven't seen the Scream movie, spoiler alert, but it's a million years old. Several members of a friend group are murdered by a killer dressed in black and wearing a white ghost face mask. So they were like, oh, she's our friend. So let's kill people in our friend group. I don't know. It's horrible. I don't understand why people like this do things like that but it's shitty and awful how old were they like 16 years old jesus yeah they were juniors in high school uh, so crazy yeah they were all all juniors in high school during the investigation it was discovered that prior to the murder the pair had made several recordings of themselves discussing their desire to be notorious killers they compared themselves to Ted Bundy and the Hillside Stranglers. So they just idolized everybody who killed anybody, apparently. They also discussed how they had been in situations several times before in an attempt to murder other friends or classmates, but the plans fell through at the last minute. So in their claims, they were saying, oh, yeah, we were going to go kill this guy, but uh, we were trying to set it up and the guy's mom showed up and we had to leave before we could kill him or something. And I don't know if any the other names, if the they released other names or if they said them, I'm not sure. But Cassie was the only one that they had in fact murdered. Nice. Their desire like to... Friends. Yeah, right. Um, their desire to murder someone was shown repeatedly in their recordings. Adam Chick and Draper were tried separately and both were convicted of murder in the first degree and conspiracy to commit murder. Each was sentenced to life without possibility of parole for the murder charges. They received sentences of 30 years to life for the conspiracy charges, but the conspiracy charge against Draper was later dropped due to a technical error with the jury. Both of them have appealed their convictions and sentencing without any changes, and they are incarcerated still in Idaho. Okay. And that is That's my good. 
scream. It's often called the scream murder because of the inspiration, if you will, from the movie. So very interesting, horrible, horrible story. Yeah. Let me tell you about this UFO incident. Yes. More UFOs. So, Yay. On March 24th, 1967, in Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana, something extremely strange happened to Captain Robert Silas. And this was before Silas? they were allowed to tell this stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. They were discouraged yeah, so we'll from telling stories. Bit. Okay, cool. So, Salus at the time was in charge of 10 nuclear missiles uh, housed at the base. This event took place at the height of the Cold War, so what, the, what ends up happening was a serious concern. Salus uh, was working in the control center when he became aware of a red glowing craft hovering over the base. Uh, fellow service members were on the ground and reported it to Salus. They radioed him and said, we got something flying over the base right now. Yeah. The control center, which Salus was at, was located 60 feet underground, surrounded by concrete, which prevented him from directly seeing the object in the sky. But again, his uh, crew members let him know that it was there over the radio. Yeah. Everything seemed fine at first, then Salus noticed there was an error with all of the nukes that he was watching. Uh, all ten uh, of the it... ballistic missiles. Huh? Oh nope. I'm uh, uh, I'm just waiting so for you all for ten the of details. The ballistic missiles clicked offline. Which oh. each individual missile had an uh, a guidance system that was separate from all the others. So it's not like okay. there was just an error on the computer. It was right. an error which individual with each each missile. Okay. Yeah. Each nuke would have to be individual individually disabled at the same time, which is really weird. They don't ever yeah. do that. Right. And we like to have our nukes on and working. Right. Salus had never seen anything like this before. However, he had heard rumors of this exact same thing happening eight days earlier at a different military base. Oh. This held major implications because nuclear war was a major concern at the time. It's mm -hmm. basically all that <laughs> the Cold War time. was based off of. Ever, ever since yeah. nuclear weapons have been around, <laughs> it has been a major concern. Yes. And a lot of people say that's kind of when UFOs started appearing a lot because the Trinity op the Trinity nuke that was tested in Nevada it was in like the 40s and ever since then there have been a, a lot more sightings more sightings okay yeah uh, it reportedly took 24 hours to get all 10 nukes back online so it oh, wasn't wow. just like, oh, we forgot this little thing. It was like they they had right. each been 
tampered with like extensively. Ooh. Sailors claimed that no human had the sophistication to shut off all 10 missiles simultaneously and believed this was 100% extraterrestrial activities. There were no shots fired on that day as it never posed a direct threat to the service members. It just kind of flew over for a little bit and then took off. So it's not like it was the just... Battle of L.A. where they started shooting right. 2,400 <laughs> rounds right. of naval ammunition or whatever, but... Was it just a red light yeah. or did they describe any kind of other shape? I couldn't find a description for the shape okay. or anything. They just said it was a hovering red like craft. Like a craft okay. with a glowing red light. Red light, okay. Since there was no system for reporting UFOs yet, Salus and the others uh that saw this craft kind of just chalked it up to a random error because there was a lot of there's a huge stigma about members of the military who encountered UFOs or UAPs, so they never really made it past the mm. point of like reporting this event. They're all just right. kind of like, "Oh, the missiles went down. We don't know what happened." They didn't really say like the UFO and the aliens did it. It was just like, e "We've got some problems that we need some help with." Like, right. Uh, Years later, in 2021, Salis found himself at Washington, D.C. to give a press conference about this experience, along with several other service members. The press conference came after the Pentagon released a report from the UAP task force detailing 114 confirmed UFO counters by the military. So, wow. He was part of that, uh, like, Brian Graves and David Fravor. Yeah. Those are the... Right. Click, clickbaity names, but. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So yeah, super it weird. definitely makes me wonder, like, how they have, I know each individual missile has its own guidance system and its own computer and everything, but was there a central one that they were all individually linked up to? You know, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, I I think it's like they have codes. I don't I know nothing yeah. about nukes other than what I've seen in I movies. Know. So I'm Me assuming neither. each one has an individual code that you need to put in or whatever. But yeah. Maybe it's just one button and you fire all ten of them. I don't know. Oh, I wouldn't imagine that they no would do that. Idea. They want more power. <laughs> they want more power over the ability to control them, but it definitely makes you wonder like how it's it's so amazing that something like that could take you know go down for Especially over something so important as a nuke if they could turn them yeah. off they could probably turn them on it definitely makes you wonder like if they can turn it off could they launch one this mysterious well, <laughs> They probably have an on-off switch on the alien spacecraft, and they just turned it to off and right. set on. Yeah. They're like, oh, whoops. Uh, Joe set it to the wrong setting. We meant to put it off, and now it's flying through the air, and shit's going to happen. Oh, that's scary. And that so was in Montana, huh? Before? Where was the other? Oh. I, just real quick, where was the other one that you said eight days before it had happened at another base? 
uh, I couldn't find that information. Oh, it was okay. Because he was the only person to come out about this entire thing and talk about it in Congress. Oh. So oh. we wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for him. And sadly, he was 60 feet underground. So all he could tell us was that the nukes went offline. Like wow. that's the only okay. thing he could yeah. testify to pretty much because it's kind of hard to see shit from a concrete box. But Right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was also like... 60 years ago so yeah it was it was a couple years ago (laughs) yeah maybe his memory of the event is a little wonky but that's what he testified to yeah but i think you would remember that you you might not remember like what you had for breakfast that day but if you're at work and and all the nukes you're in charge of all the nukes you're in charge of fuck up yeah that might be a stressful day you're gonna remember that Exactly. You're going to have to talk to your boss, that's for sure. Yeah, there's going to be some paperwork to fill out, and that's going to be a bitch right there. I mean, nobody likes paperwork. So, do you have a chaser for us mom i do have a chaser it is a uh, watch recommendation so the several months ago um we did the murdoch murders out of north carolina Mm -hmm. and there was a docu-series on netflix and they just recently added new episodes to that docu-series and in those episodes they show interview footage from the police body cams and the interrogations of Alex as well as footage from Paul's phone that were taken on the days of the murder so that stuff wasn't included in the original series but it's in these new episodes and it really goes to like show just how creepy Alex was and his like comments about the murders and everything. So I highly recommend it. If you liked that episode that we did on uh, the Murdoch murders, that's a really good show if you haven't seen it. So go check it out on Netflix. How about you? What's your chaser today? My chaser is a podcast recommendation, but Mm. I'm assuming if people are know of ours, they probably know of the one I'm going to say because it's very popular. But Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard. It's, it's such a good podcast. He has like four different shows on there that go every week. But I like the Armchair Anonymous one the most, which is he, him and his co-host have uh, like random anonymous people call in with a prompt each week like, wild animal encounters or bad dating app something like that yeah Yeah. dating app fails it's pretty good i wish they were a lot longer though i i binged them all already in the matter of a week so oh wow okay well i'm not through all of them yet but i have been listening to them and they are really good i even got your dad listening to them and he's been laughing at (laughs) them too he likes it they're pretty addicting like, they are they definitely yeah. are i love the um 
just the interactions between the hosts and the guests and stuff and the storytelling and I really like it. So I would second that recommendation. Well, that just about wraps us up. I have a little bit of a shorter episode today, but that's a little shorty. Just like me. Yep. All right. Well, it's nice chatting with you, bud. Nice talking to you too. Love Love you. you. Bye. Bye. Hey friends. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.